welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, Being a Grateful Leader, How to Practice Gratitude to Improve Your Life and Work. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod three, six, four. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am really looking forward to my conversation with today's guest. She's the founder of The Well-Traveled Palette, helping entrepreneurs with creative services accelerate their marketing, sales, and overall growth so they can have more freedom and time for what truly matters. She also runs immersive retreats for high-achieving women that are designed to bring them outside their comfort zone and create more time for play. She's a marketing and growth strategist, as well as a chef, a wife, and a mom, and she is based in Seattle. Welcome to the show, Natasha Ho. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. Excited to be here. I am just so glad you could join me. And I've I've loved every conversation I've had with you and, and learning about what it is that you do. Before we start to really jump in on specifics, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. So I have, you gave me such a wonderful introduction, um, but my work, what I do is I help coaches, creatives, and um, consultants to be able to tap into playfulness in their business so that they can elevate what they sell and how they sell it. And the work we do together is to package, position, and market their offers so that they can attract more leads and more amazing clients who love to pay them. And What really brought me into this work was um, I I had many years of experience in the corporate world and then the pandemic came along and I lost my job in the corporate world and I needed to make a change. And where I was at was I had a six month old baby and we had a mortgage and we had (laughs) doctor's bills and we had all this. And I I told my husband that I'd like to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly logical, rational choice. But I knew I didn't want to go back to working in the corporate world. I was doing a three-hour commute every day. So I don't actually live in Seattle proper. I was commuting to Seattle. So I was commuting for three hours a day to do that. And I I didn't want to continue that. I I wanted to find a way that I could do something that really felt fulfilling because I grew up in a family, um, first generation, um, like my, my mom was an immigrant. And so we I always heard the message of go to school, get a good job. That's the path to success. And so Mm -hmm. I did that thing. I went to the prestigious school. I got the really great job. And then I didn't feel fulfilled. And then I also lost the job. So the whole safety net of like jobs are supposed to (laughs) keep you safe. That didn't work out either. And so at that point, I um, decided I wanted to do what really would be fulfilling to me. And I didn't have a lot of examples of black women entrepreneurs growing up. And so that was one of the Mm -hmm. things that now in my business, I'm really passionate about is being able to be that example of what's possible when you don't follow the path that everyone has laid out for you of you're supposed to do it this way. And that's really been the story of my life is making big, bold, brave moves and doing it your own way. And the way that I, I help people with growing their businesses is really stepping into that boldness and using play to make growing your business really fun. That is such a wonderful story. And I, I really love that example because I've heard that from so many people who, um, who have either families who have recently immigrated in their, their, you know, first or second generation um, or often families that come from underprivileged backgrounds and backgrounds, you know, where they were excluded from 
areas of success. And the idea that if you can get that door open, you have to run through it and then you have to follow the steps. <laughs> and it's it's a very rigid expectation. And that realization you had that you did everything right and it still wasn't fulfilling and it still wasn't stable and you can lose that job. Um, that must have been both a, a wake-up call, uh, but also kind of shaken your foundations a bit. And so the fact that you you took that and turned it into something that I can just hear in your voice brings you joy and satisfaction is a really positive thing to come out of such a such a, a shakiness um, and you know an experience of of your foundations really shifting underneath you. Yes, and it was. It's like they say always, it's a blessing in disguise. I didn't know that that was what was going to come out on the other side. When I was in the middle of the fire, it didn't feel so good. But it's it's been really powerful experience to to take that and take lemons, make lemonade. Definitely. And and that that point of being a Black woman entrepreneur and um, an example, and not just a Black woman entrepreneur who is successful, but who is enjoying what you do and who's built a business around something you're passionate about and being able to be successful in a way that makes you happy, not just through that result, um, is such a wonderful example to provide. Because again, um, it can be so easy to see when there's, when there's fewer examples um, in a community uh, and, and there's fewer you know, people to look up to to idolize the ones who are working really hard and that maybe doesn't create the best example for, <laughs> for, yeah. for all these little kids who think, you know, I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to give up a social life and everything about my life that I enjoy just so I have lots of money. Exactly. And I think it creates a relationship with money where there's this resentment that could come there because you think in order to have what I want, I have to work really hard, but I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to burn myself out or I don't want to miss out on raising my kids or being with my family. And so then you think you have to choose either or. Mm -hmm. And that's what I saw a lot of when it was when I did look at entrepreneurs and there's a lot of hustle culture or hustle, mm -hmm. like this bro culture, kind of bro marketing and all of that. And I was like, that's not quite my, my vibe. I don't really jive with that. And so it was really important to me to find something that actually fit with my style and the lifestyle that I have. Cause a lot of these people is like, I'm a mom and I'm not going to follow somebody who doesn't really understand the dynamics of being that. And then also actually enjoy building the business because I want to build a business for a much bigger vision that I have. And so it needs to be mm -hmm. sustainable. My big context is I want my, my business to be one of the greatest adventures of my life. Mm -hmm. And I want to inspire a world of black female entrepreneurs. And so to get there, that's, that's a lifelong vision. That's a Absolutely. context that's so huge that I have to be here for a while to be able <laughs> to fulfill that. And that means I have to stay in business. I have to stay in this journey long enough to actually have an impact on that vision. And so for anyone who has a big vision for what they want to do in through their business, it's you have to make sure that it's sustainable so you can stay mm -hmm. in because if you burn yourself out, your vision doesn't get to come to life. You don't get to have the impact that you want to ultimately have because you've worked yourself so hard that you don't you you don't actually stay in long enough to to create what you want. Absolutely. I think um, so many people might have tried 
you know, an exercise routine or something to, to go with the most basic example that everybody always uses. And if you don't enjoy the exercise that you're doing, and if you don't give yourself, you know, rest days and, and time to recover, you're going to hurt yourself or you're just going to hit a point where you're like, I'm not ever doing that again. <laughs> and I will say as somebody who really doesn't exercise <laughs> that I can, I can fully resonate with that. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, we're, we're, we're living creatures that, that we're in bodies and we, we want to experience our bodies. We want to experience the world and, you know, we, we can try to treat ourselves like we're, you know, brains in jars, but, but we're not. <laughs> and it's, um, it, it's amazing how, you know, you do see some people who can be successful in that, in that sort of buttoned down way, but I, I don't think that's what, what most of us are looking for. Um, we've kind of already gotten into this path, but I know a big kind of frame around, around the way that you talk about your work is the difference between being successful and feeling successful. And I'd love it if you could kind of explain that difference, because I think that can provide maybe a framework uh, and a context to what it is that we're talking about today. Yeah, this this difference, this distinction between being successful and feeling successful came out of my own experience because I started to grow the business and I was making money and I was consistently selling and I had people coming in and wanting to work with me. I was like, okay, all the things are happening the way they're supposed to. But I was also working extremely long hours and I felt like in order to have more of what I wanted, I needed to be doing more. So it was always like, this relationship of more equals more and more and more and more. And I had a relationship with my business where I wanted it to grow, but I didn't really want it to grow because mm -hmm. I thought the more that this grows, the more it's going to require of me and this energy and this attention. And I don't actually want to give it this energy and attention because more money's actually hurting me at this point. And so I, I had the success in a monetary sense and from the outside looking in, it was like, wow, Natasha's doing really well. She did all this in her first year of business. This is incredible. But I didn't feel successful because I didn't actually like what I was doing. I didn't like the experience of growing this business. And so I decided to actually have a conversation with myself on like, okay, well, what, are, what are we going to do next? And so that brought me to working with a storytelling um, coach. Mm. And I had a conversation with him about what I really wanted to share, like what, the why I was growing this business. And he asked me a really interesting question, which was the first time I'd ever been asked this. And he said, what's the best compliment anyone has ever given you? Mm. And I told him the best compliment I ever received was from my husband. And he said that he thinks I'm a great mom. And the reason he thinks I'm a great mom is because of the way that I play with our son. And I was like, that really touched me. And my storytelling coach was like, why? And so we started to look at it. And it was because play has been such an enormous part of the joyfulness in my life. Mm -hmm. Like when the first business I started was around cooking and I started in that because I love cooking. I love to experiment and play in the kitchen because everywhere else in life, I was required to follow rules and be really strategic. And then here I got to be 
playful. I got to try new things and sometimes things worked and sometimes they didn't and it was okay. <laughs> always learn something. Yeah, always learning. And um, I love to travel and that's a, an experience of play for me. Growing up, I love to sing and dance and be on stages and acting, all of that. It was another environment where I got to play. And he asked me, how was I bringing that into the business that I currently have? And I realized that that was what was missing. That's why mm -hmm. I could be successful, but I didn't feel successful because I wasn't actually expressing myself in the business. And a big piece of that was I wasn't having fun. I wasn't playing in this business. And so for, for me, the difference between being successful and feeling successful is actually, are you creating the experience of life that you want? while mm. running your business because your business is a part of your life and it should fuel your life and your life shouldn't come as a secondary piece to creating the result in the business. It should really be about the business creating the result you want in your life. So that is really what it means to me to be successful and to feel successful. Mm. That's, that's such an amazing story. And as somebody who has lots and lots and lots of nieces and nephews, um, that, that joy and satisfaction that comes when you, when you really are playing with the kids, oh my goodness, it's a, it's a completely different, different feeling than you can get with just about anything. But um, I want to go back to something you said at, at the beginning of that, which is really powerful. And I see playing out, not just at an individual entrepreneur level, but within a lot of businesses in that you knew you could work harder and make more money, but you didn't want to make more money if it would mean that you had to work harder and work more and have more hours. And I see organizations, whether they are, you know, solo entrepreneurs or, or startups, or whether they're, they're a larger organization where you maybe have a delivery organization that, um, that is involved in the selling process. And if they don't get joy and satisfaction in what it is that they do when they're working with clients, they may unconsciously be providing a, a message that, that's coming out, you know, again, unconsciously of, I don't really want this business. And they're not, they're probably not going to work really, really hard to get new business, even though it might make more money for the company, even though they might get more money out of it because they see if we close this business, I'm going to have to miss that, that event that I wanted to go to. I'm going to have to work overtime in order to get this done. I'm going to have to, you know, not be able to participate in the holiday the way that I want to. And it, it, it's not just about the individual, but it really is at an organizational level if Definitely. people don't have that ability to experience the success for themselves and to feel successful when the company's successful, you're going to have those conflicting motivations and kind of wonder why you're not getting the results that you're looking for. Definitely. And I, I've experienced that being an employee where it's like, do I do I actually want more of of this experience that I'm having mm -hmm. at this company? No, I don't really. So I don't think I'm going to try very hard hard to create more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just a natural instinct, you know, it's, um, and it's to a certain extent, I think that there's a bit of a, a generational awakening 
happening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this has been, you know, I'll say as an elder millennial, um, we've been we've been tagged with this brush for lo these many years. But you know, the whole idea of well, first it was viewed as maybe laziness, but it, it I think that as as time goes by, we, we see more people realizing I only have one life. I want to enjoy it. I want to experience my family and my friends and my hobbies and other things and not just have, you know, little blips of weekends in order to do that. I want to be an active parent and presence in the life of my children if I have them and not be the, you know, parent who shows up at 7 p.m. and gives them a kiss and sends them to bed. And it's it's a really exciting thing to see at a larger cultural level because we've had significant changes in work. I mean, you look back a few hundred years ago and, you know, they didn't have child labor laws and they didn't have weekends and they didn't have the idea of, you know, a, a standard work week. And since the institution of the, the working system that, you know, we're, we're all kind of used to from the last decades, um, we haven't had a major change. And it seems like we're really starting to see with the combination of the pandemic and um, and the changes in the way people work with working from home and, and all of the other elements of that, with how many people have lost their jobs and either started new jobs or started companies of their own, we're really seeing a shakeup in the expectations that people have. And I think it's a real opportunity for leaders to think about how can we, how can we take a stand in this? How can we um, live out our values as opposed to clinging, clinging, clinging (laughs) to the way things used to be and trying to shove people into those little boxes that they have happily been living outside of for the last few years. Definitely. Yeah. There's such a renaissance happening around the relationship with work and people realizing that people don't just want an obligatory relationship with work. They want more than that. And I actually think that when you have more than that, you have a much more effective business. You have greater results. You have better retention and camaraderie between the people that work there. So there's, there's a huge opportunity on the other side of focusing on this versus just focusing on this idea of show up and and do the job. Absolutely. And then something else that you touched on a bit ago, and I want to, I want to spend a little time on this because I think this is, this is where we can easily get a mixed message is around the idea of consistency. And the only thing that it takes to be successful is identifying, you know, a best practice, identifying a good habit, and then being consistent with it. And what have you discovered about consistency and maybe what what makes it work and where it has some gaps and some weaknesses? Yes, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it was a big light bulb moment for me. And I always thought of consistency in the way that you first described of you find the best practice and then you do that consistently and then you'll get the result. And that's what they always tell you in business is just consistency is the, the, the key. But what would happen is, and anybody who's experienced this, like we were talking about like with weight loss or something before, it's like you try to willpower your way through consistency and you try to force yourself to be consistent and you're like, okay, motivation isn't there. So I'm just going to keep pressing myself 
through. But what I found is that when you try to create consistency from that place, that it becomes incredibly difficult and you're depleted because your willpower will only sustain you so far. That commitment to the end is is something that becomes very difficult to maintain and sustain to get the result. And so instead of starting with just this idea of be consistent, I when I work with people, we first start thinking about this idea of what feels playful, what feels like it's aligned with you in a way that's fun and exciting for you to make a commitment around, like make a commitment to something that you're actually really excited about, something that you actually want to do. So instead of just making commitments because people say that's the thing that you should do, what's it actually that would that you'd want to do? If you say like, oh, people tell you wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day and like, okay, that's going to make me successful. So I'll wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day, but you actually have no desire to wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day. That's actually like counterproductive. So mm-hmm. we start from the place of what do you, what's actually the commitment that you want to make? What would be a commitment that you'd be excited to make around your life or your business? And from there, with that perspective, you can actually be in this mindset of what's playful. What am I excited to commit to? And consistency comes much easier as a byproduct of having fun in the process of whatever it is that you're committed to. So that's the the process that we go through instead of just making commitments to things because we think that's what's going to get us the result. Mm. That that makes such intuitive sense once you once you say it. And it's funny to think of how often we try all these other ways to to make ourselves do what we're supposed to instead of just finding the the joy and finding the playfulness. I'd love to hear if you have any kind of specific examples of where you've worked with your clients or maybe even yourself um, to identify some of those best practices and habits that they do find playfulness and joy in and and what some of those things look like. Because it's really easy to think of all the ones that are terrible that we try to make ourselves do. You know, you said waking up at 5 a.m. and you should have seen the look on my face. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's maybe a little bit harder for some of us to envision, well, I can think of all the things I do for fun, but how is sitting on my couch and watching TV <laughs> going to grow my business? So bridging that gap between the waking up at 5 a.m. and the couch potato. Um, right. And finding the playfulness in the middle of that. <laughs> yes. Well, one of them, so marketing is the primary area that I work with a lot of my clients around. So one of my clients, she had this idea that She's supposed to be marketing online. She's like, I have to be online. I have to be building my business online because that's where everyone is. And yes, during COVID, that made a lot of sense. Like everyone was online and a lot of businesses had to pivot. But she kind of kept the same mentality into now. And she was having the issue of where she she was like, I have to write all this content. I have to be in these groups. I have to be doing all these things online. And it wasn't really something that she was that excited or into. And we every week she would come back and I'm like, okay, checking in on like the action plan that we created. And she hadn't actually done the things that she said she was going to do around creating content or being showing up online. And so mm-hmm. we sat down and I was like, okay, let's actually talk about this. Like, why are we online? And we started talking about what she was actually doing with her free time, what she was actually showing up to. And we discovered that where she, what she enjoyed most was creating bonds and relationships and conversations with people in person. 
And mm. so I was like, okay, well, if that's where you really love to shine and that's what you really enjoy doing, let's do more of that. And so we looked at what were the what were the places that she liked showing up already and how can we use those as opportunities for her to talk about what she does, create relationships and turn those into clients. And so it wasn't even a matter of her like signing up for a bunch of networking events because I don't know how many people just absolutely love going to networking events. So maybe some people do, but we actually started looking at what was the end goal that her people have for what they desire. What's the mm-hmm. ultimate ambition that her people have? She works in the health sector. And so the ultimate am- ambition that they have is they wanted to really heal the relationship that they have with food and with their body mm-hmm. and that they want to be able to feel confident and feel healthy and alive and they want to be able to get involved in more activities and live a more active life and set big goals and achieve them. And so we started looking at somebody who has that ambition, what else would they be doing in their life? What other kinds of things would they be getting involved in in order to live out that ambition? And so she started showing up to places where those people where they would be. So it's whether it's she was going to dance classes or yoga, or she was um, in a running club or wherever it was, she started using those as opportunities to have conversations. And it started showing up that like she's at the coffee shop and she's like, oh, I got a client from the coffee shop. And Mm -hmm. she's at like her hairdresser and she's like, oh yeah, I got a client from my hairdresser. And so it's like all these places that she was showing up, she started living her message in her day-to-day life. She started talking about what she did. She's like, I went to this dance class and I got a lead from like going to this dance class. And so we moved her offline because that's where she could really play and have fun and be involved in the activities that she actually wanted to do. And that allowed her to be consistent. She's showing up to all these places because she actually wants to be there and she's sharing her message because she's actually talking to the people that she really is excited to support. Mm, that's that's such a wonderful example. And when I think about the the ways that most of us do have some ability to apply that level of flexibility to our work days, whether you're, you know, an entrepreneur or whether you're you're in a job, a lot of times you can pick, you know, different ways of doing things if it's going to get you to the same result. So if it's, you know, you need to identify and connect with a certain number of leads, you could cold call, you could do a lot of social media marketing, you could do all kinds of different things, or you could figure out a message and figure out where people might be and show up there and connect with them and figure out whether or not they're they're appropriate leads. And so that idea of just getting locked in to not only this is the is this the result I'm going for, but this is the only way to do it um, is so incredibly limiting. Yeah, and I love when I'm talking to somebody like helping them move to this perspective of if their business was like a big playground. It's like, what would be here on this playground? And who would your playmates be? Like, who do you actually want to work with as in your clients? And who do you really want to serve? And what would feel really fun and exciting for you to be doing to grow this business so that we're actually playing a really big game and we're not 
having this relationship with the work where I have to show up to the work this way and then I can leave and, and enjoy the rest of my life. Like you can enjoy this part too. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, it's okay to have fun at work. (laughs) It is. And to, you know, even the example you shared earlier of networking events and I, like you don't know all that many people who love networking events, although I have met some and they are, uh, you know, takes all kinds. Um, (laughs) Something that I've seen for people who don't maybe enjoy them as much, but a way to make it fun is, you know, if you and a colleague or you and um, a a friend, you know, somebody who's in a complimentary business to yours or a completely different business from yours are both at the same event competing with each other to see Mm. who's going to have the most productive conversations. And you can, you can kind of add that playfulness and that fun and you don't want to try to just, you know, take every old activity that you were doing that was boring and try to, you know, come up with the, the competition around it. But um, you can find ways even to find that playfulness and fun in some of the things that by their very nature aren't necessarily your favorite thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. And um, that, you know, when I think of that example of, you know, even even going back to the specific thing of she felt like content was necessary. And when we think content, we think, oh, I have to write stuff. I have to, you know, do some graphic design. I have to come up with things. Well, most people like to talk and they like to talk about themselves. You could see if you could be on a podcast and get interviewed and then you have content. And yeah. it's it's funny how we, we get really limited in terms of even how we define a term like content and think it has to be one thing when you can quite often come up with, with content, you know, in a different way and then even be able to use that for multiple things, as opposed to, I have to write, you know, one new ebook every month or something like that. Yeah. People always come to me with like, my clients will come to me and say, I should be doing this. I need to be doing this. How, give me the strategy. Like, what should I do? And I Mm -hmm. always stop them and say, like, let's go back to what's the result that we're trying to create. And let's start Mm -hmm. there. Okay. Let's, we're clear on the result you want to create. Now let's actually talk about like, what do you want to, like, what do you want to feel? How do you want to show up in that process? Like, who do you have to be in this process to get that result? And so, like you said, is writing content your desired way to do that or podcast? Or do you want to do videos and you can show up on video? And I had a client and we were like, oh, okay. Like videos, the thing, like you actually love talking and you show up great on video and people connect with you or people or another client was like, I need to be on every platform. I need to start a YouTube channel and I need to start Facebook and I need to start TikTok. And I was like, no, you don't need to do all of that. Like, where do you actually like showing up? Which social media platform do you like to be on? He's like, oh, I like being on Instagram. I was like, okay, let's stick with Instagram. (laughs) Like we don't have to do everything under the sun. Let's just stick with that. and you can build a successful business, um, you know, with one with one channel, and then we can scale, and you can get bigger, mm-hmm. and we can have a team of people to support you. You can find somebody on your team who's great at TikTok and make them your TikTok person. <laughs> but you don't have to. <laughs> everyone doesn't have to do everything. And, and then when you get to the point where you scale and have teams, you can then leverage people's passions and leverage people's strengths so that they can help you do the things that you're not passionate or great at. Definitely. When I think um, TikTok is such a perfect example because it is, it is a very distinct platform with um, just certain conventions and and elements that it takes to be successful generally. And I have uh, there there was an interesting I forget what podcast it was recently, but they they had reporters from the more traditional news desk and you know who did 
traditional long form reporting and article writing and such. And they were actually interviewing and talking to some of their TikTok specialist people. And it was so fun to hear the, the joy in their voices and the, the way that they had passion for what it is that they did. And um, I think we've all also probably seen some sad corporate person who really doesn't want to be on TikTok and doesn't get it and <laughs> develops a TikTok video. And it's um, interesting. <laughs> and, you know, generally it's not going to go viral in a positive way, let's say. <laughs> and so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how if you like Instagram and you're good at Instagram, you can get so much out of Instagram and yet you think you need to do TikTok because TikTok is the new big thing. And it's, it's so sad that um, we put ourselves into boxes like that. And we, we think, you know, should is I think a really dangerous word for, for all of us. Exactly. Agreed. All right. One thing that um, I, I didn't even put it on the, on the list of topics we might discuss, but I hear the, the passion and the excitement for it come out in your voice. Um, and I've seen in, in all of your materials and even the name of your business, Well Traveled, um, you, you have a real passion around travel. And I'd love to hear from you if, if you have it, just um, an idea of kind of what that travel does for you, either at a, at a personal level or what it does for your business in terms of, um, of providing that, that energy, that spark, that fun, because that's something that, that I'm kind of getting through the message that you're, that you're sharing. I don't know if that makes sense as a question. No, it does. It does. It's, it. Travel was really one of the first opportunities that I had that showed me the value of taking big risks, investing in myself, and being brave. Mm -hmm. And it built my confidence, really. And so my, I mean, the one of the big first travels I made was I, I went away to college. I left my family and was the first to go away to college. And then while I was in college, I didn't grow up like traveling abroad or anything. The furthest mm -hmm. away from home I think I went was maybe we went to uh, Florida or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I got my passport and I was standing in a student travel agency looking around and I remember seeing the cost of the trips and they were all thousands of dollars, mm -hmm. money that I'd never spent before never spent that kind of money and I decided while I was standing in there that I had to do it it's like I don't know how but I have to do this I want this so much and there's always going to be a reason why I can't whether it's the time or the money or I have a family and so I had enough money in my bank account to pay for the deposit and I decided I was like it cost like $5,000, not including the flight. So I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to pay for this, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I put down the deposit and then I figured it out. I worked it out and I went on my first trip and I went to Europe for three weeks. And from there, like I had the, the bug, the desire to go more places. And several years later, I ended up quitting my job in New York and I traveled for three months backpacking around the world, hopping from country to country. And those experiences really taught me what I was capable of in mm. terms of navigating new places, new experiences, being vulnerable and asking for help when I was all alone because I was traveling by myself mm -hmm. and um, really 
investing in myself, investing in the things that were important to me, investing in what felt like an opportunity to grow. And so Mm. when it came time to building my business, I had a skill set that I didn't realize was essential for success in business. The ability to make bold moves, the ability to invest and spend money when I wasn't quite sure of the how, but I really knew that I wanted the result. The ability to work with people and be vulnerable and share my story or ask for help. Like all of these things that I learned through travel became essential to my success in business. And so I, it also was essential to the first business I started, which was teaching uh, cooking lessons because I was teaching about foods from around the world, cuisines from around Mm. the world. So that the relationship I've had with travel has been really what, was the foundation for my success and it sustained me. Like one of the things that I get most excited about is as I get to, I grow this business, I get to travel more places. I get to share that experience with other people. We just came back from Greece and Croatia and we took our nanny with us to help with our son. And she was like, this is her first time really traveling abroad. And so she was just like, oh my God, this is so wild. And like, she's hopping on a plane. She'd never been on a plane for that long and on a completely like other continent. And last year I got to take my mom with us to the Bahamas. And earlier this year, I took my friend uh, to Costa Rica with me because she graduated from her nurse practitioner program and I wanted to celebrate with her. So it's like, I get to then share these experiences with other people and that makes growing my business so much more fun because it's like, I'm not just doing it for the money. I'm not just doing it for even just the impact on like the people that I work with, but I get to have this impact where like everyone around me gets to feel the impact of this. And there's like Mm -hmm. a ripple effect that's happening because not only do I get to feel great about growing my business and not only do my self-worth and self-confidence rise, but all the people around me, I get to spend money on them and let them know (laughs) how, how worth it they are. And I know that that will have an impact on the people in their lives because they will feel empowered to make decisions that they didn't think that they were worthy of before. So mm-hmm. that's that's what travel has meant to me. Um, you were right. It's something I'm very, very passionate about. Oh, um, I'm and so I, glad I, that I asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm over here like waxing uh, poetic about it. But yes, it's really important to me. It's had a huge impact on my life. Oh, well, you are, uh, it's, it's amazing just that the joy comes out in your voice. And I think any of us who maybe didn't grow up doing that kind of travel, who discovered it as adults, as young adults, maybe, um, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing just that experience that you can have. And I do think there's something about traveling on your own, like you said, that really teaches you about yourself, you know, whether it's like, I, in one afternoon in Positano, I managed to fall, I think, four times somehow. <laughs> and I kept scraping my knees. And so, you know, connecting with people and like figuring out where does one get bandages and antibiotics, you know, <laughs> medication in Italy, which is a little different from what I'm used to. And, you know, having to ask people to take your picture. And it's it's so silly. But the things that um that are different when you're traveling on your own, even you know, if you're if you're on a tour somewhere, are you gonna make a buddy and chat with them and get to know somebody from a completely different country and culture that's also traveling alone? It's it's amazing the experience that you can have. And um, especially when it comes to, you know, a big role, whether it's starting a business, whether it's being in a leadership role, that self-knowledge, that 
um, seeing how you've been able to make it through things and, and how you're able to handle pressure um, is, a, is a really great asset to anybody in that sort of a situation. Definitely. Yeah. It, it grows you in ways that you can't imagine. And I, I've always believed that you get access to new parts of yourself when you're in new environments. There's parts mm-hmm. of you that won't ever show up in the same environment because you're not called to be that person. And when you step into a new place, you're called to be a new person. So you'll get access to a lot more. Definitely. And and to be able to then bring people with you is also mm-hmm. a really um, fun benefit. And again, that's one of those things that when you see, when I grow my business, when I achieve success, I'm able to share that success with the people that I love in a way that brings me great joy. Um, that's, that's energizing and that's motivating and that can help you, you know, if you do need to buckle down and do some of the things that maybe aren't super playful and fun, <laughs> um, yeah. you, you at least have that, that result that you know is coming. Yeah, exactly. Another piece of the play puzzle that I talk a lot about with with people I work with is celebration Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're celebrating wins. And that's a part of it is like, are you going and doing the things that are really exciting for you after you worked so hard and you did the things that were uncomfortable and the things that you may not have really wanted to do? Are you celebrating those by giving yourself experiences that you're really, really going to love and that you celebrate all the wins, like everyday wins. Are there things mm-hmm. that you're doing that may be difficult? And I even do this where I'm like, okay, I have to do these five tasks that are like very uncomfortable. After that, I'm going to reward myself with this, whatever. I'm going to celebrate that I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making sure that celebration is a big part of how you run your business and how you run your team, like celebration has to be a part of that because that also there's a prize with the game like if you're playing a game games have prizes so make sure that you're rewarding yourself along the way definitely and you can't say you know i'm going to the prize is when i retire and i've got over money <laughs> exactly. and, you know it's Correct. it's well we don't do well humans just do not do well with delayed rewards <laughs> and so the more you can recognize the small rewards for the for the small steps that it takes to get to where you want to go the more you're able to work toward those those bigger rewards later on yeah All just right. pop some champagne at the end of the day every day just yeah. pop some champagne <laughs> <laughs> doesn't hurt doesn't hurt um All right. Uh, A question I always like to ask our guests, and I know you're really looking at trends and and at the future. What do you see as some of the the trends that are that are coming up in the world of entrepreneurship or the world of marketing and leadership that you that you focus on and talk about with your clients? Yeah, I think one of them that we've talked about is really this idea of more alignment that Mm -hmm. the the businesses that we're building, like people are building those instead of being so focused on this idea of work-life balance, it's really coming from a place of life first. Mm -hmm. And what is it that you're, that they're growing in their life? What is it they want to achieve in their life? And then having the work really fit seamlessly into that. And I think that's something that I'm definitely seeing a lot more of and people coming to me and wanting that instead of just this idea of, okay, I'm going to work to fuel the life that I have on the weekends or when I take a vacation and not just wanting explicitly this idea of balance. Because I think balance is elusive. Like there's not really this 
this thing where you're ever going to feel balanced. And I think balance also comes from this desire for safety. Like when you feel like balance, things feel safe. But we all know that success in life and in business is not really going to jive with feeling safe. So Mm -hmm. I think kind of getting rid of this idea of work-life balance and more so this idea of big life and then working the business and your career into supporting that life that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing from um, more of like the marketing side of things is that people are now that things are, are opening up uh, more so, I think stepping offline more and that there are a lot more opportunities for you to connect with people directly. Um, and so going back to some of those more traditional forms of building your business and lead generation and connecting with people, whether that's hopping on the phone, like actually calling people (laughs) and um, going to in-person events, retreats, conferences, those kinds of things, I think are that there's a some lost opportunity, especially because so many people don't want to pick up the phone. So mm-hmm. many people don't want to actually be in rooms with people. I don't know if this is just like a millennial slash Gen Z thing of everyone wants to be so online. And because everyone's migrating online, there's a lot of opportunities that people are missing when it comes to having a face-to-face interaction, being willing to pick up the phone and being willing and able to carry a full sales call, a full sales conversation on without everyone being like, oh yeah, go to my sales page or oh yeah, like I only close in the DMs. It's like (laughs) actually talk to people um, and building that skill set. I think I see, that's what I've seen a lot of people noticing that that there's a saturation and there's some fatigue online. Mm. And so if you're able and willing to connect with people on a more personal level, that there's a lot of opportunity there that people are not tapping into. Yeah, all those people that pivoted to online could maybe pivot back in person, um, yes. at least slightly. That's, that's such a great observation. And um, as you said, it's, it's a more open space than it was because a lot of people haven't yet done it. And so um, it's it's not as kind of crowded and overwhelming as it might have been before. Uh, are there any resources that you would recommend for our listeners? They could be um, resources of your own or anything that you found that has been really um, useful and inspirational to you on the journey to where you are today. Oh, yeah, I saw that on your list of questions. I was like, mm, what do I want to share? There's so many good good resources. Um, One thing that I read this year that I really loved was the book U Squared. I actually have it sitting here with me. It is by Price Pritchett. And um, it's about having quantum leaps in your life and in your business. And absolutely love that book. It's very short. I think it's maybe like 60, or no, it's not even 60 pages. It's about 40 pages long. Um, it's very short, but um, it's been a really powerful read for me. So I definitely would recommend checking that book out. Um, we talked a little bit about habit creation and um, consistency. And one book that helped me a lot around that was also The Compound effect. That's another Mm. great one that I enjoyed a lot. 
Um, I think those are two that I would point out. And then from a mindset perspective, one of my mentors that has meant a lot to me um, has been David Nagel. Um, he has a podcast for all the podcast uh, listeners. Obviously, you're a podcast listener. You're listening to this one. Um, so um, the Successful Mind podcast, um, he talks more so from the perspective of a mindset. And mm-hmm. um, I, I get a lot of great learnings from that Um but really, like, I think, like, there's so much great skill set that's required for being great in business and being a great leader. Um, mm-hmm. But it always starts with having to have the foundation of the right way of thinking, the right thought process. And you can't actually implement all the great strategy if you're not thinking about it in the right way. So I love like listening to him to kind of clear up my thinking so that I can get back into implementing the strategy. Absolutely. That's a wonderful recommendation. All right, Natasha, if listeners want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me. I'm online, um, very much online. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm at Hey, H-E-Y, Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, Boo, B-O-O. It's an old nickname. <laughs> so Hey, Natasha, Boo. Um, you can also find me um, on my website under the same um, email address, heynatashaboo.com. And um, yeah, you can come check me out. Um, I think you said this is coming out um, around the beginning of, or the end of November. So um, I have some fun goodies. Um, I'm doing um, an event called Bold Money Moves, um, the beginning of December. So if you come check me out, um, you can find out more about that. It's going to be December 1st through the 3rd. And we're going to be talking about how to make some bold money moves in your business and how to attract uh, high-end leads for your business. Wonderful. Well, that sounds like a great opportunity. And we'll make sure to put a link to that in the notes for the show today. Thank you so, so much for speaking with me today, Natasha. I cannot even tell you um, the smile on my face throughout the course of this conversation. And I have to say, just breaking the the fourth wall or third wall, whatever the wall is, a little bit, hearing your son have fun and be playful over the course of this conversation was super adorable. Oh, thank you. I was like, oh, no, he's so loud. I'm he's not screaming and crying. He's playing. So. He, is. he is. It is. Yes. The joy of working from home. If people might have heard my cat yowling and trying to get into the room that I'm in. Your son is much cuter. All right. Thank you so, so, so much for being with me today, Natasha. I have appreciated Thanks, that. Elizabeth. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 364. If you enjoyed the show, please recommend us to a friend. That's the best way to help more people discover it. And if you're not yet subscribed, make sure to do that right now. You can subscribe for free on whatever your platform of choice is. We love your feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews now for podcasts or email us if you've got any direct feedback, questions, or suggested people that we should be talking to, podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook and the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ryland Sylvester. Happy selling!